If you have your Bible, turn with me to Matthew 2, beginning in verse 1. title of my message today is, Who Were the Wise Men? Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came from the east to worship Jesus, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go, search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring word back to me, that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. And they fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented him with gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. In 1938, Orson Welles uh, came on the radio with his now famous War of the Worlds broadcast. After the early service this morning, one of the ladies came up to me and said, I heard that. I heard that. Well, it was a powerful, powerful thing. And people all over America believed what Orson Welles was saying. It was a a science fiction story about aliens coming from a foreign planet and landing on Earth and uh, coming across taking the country. And Orson Welles told how buildings were being blown up and this was happening, that was happening. A lot of people killed themselves uh, when they heard that going on. They were so afraid that they were going to meet an alien that they just killed themselves. Thousands and thousands of people went to their churches, got down on their knees, and started praying that they would be saved from the aliens. Well, Orson Welles did such a good job that uh, everybody that was there that heard that or was around what had happened certainly never forgot it. Thousands of people uh, just did not realize that it was a myth. It was just a radio show. I want to mention to you this morning that over 2,000 years ago, planet Earth was invaded. God became man. And he came in the form of a little baby. Not an alien monster, a little baby. The wise men that were there understood that. Because they had had messages from on high. 
They knew what was going on. Wise men today understand that because of the word of God and because we have uh, read so much, even of the secular historians' works, that we know what happened uh, really changed the course of history forever. Well, who are the wise men today? Now, don't raise your hand. (laughs) Who are the wise men today? Today, there are a lot of different answers for that question. The pragmatist would say the one who wins is the wise man. It's obvious, the one who wins. The students would say it's the teacher. The teacher is the wise man. The football team, if you got them all together and said, who's the wise man? They would say the coach. The coach is the wise man. Drug addicts would say, I am the wise man. Look at all the trips I've taken. I know just exactly what's going on. I feel great. I am the wise man. Certainly all of these people uh, feel like they know who the wise man is. And they perhaps have a measure, sometimes a very small measure of wisdom. But what if we were able to take the long look at these different groups of people? What about when the pragmatist cannot find the winning or working solution? What about when their mind goes blank, they just can't find it? They just don't know what it is. What about when the teacher grows old and the facts begin to slip away? What about the coach? who had his quarterback and his best linebacker hurt, and the next year they lost every game. Was he still the wise man? What about the drug addict that keeps it up and one day, of course, gets an overdose or some bad drugs and their lives are cut uh, very, very short because of their living style? Well, who are the wise men? we have to have a special type of criteria to know, to find out who the wise men really are. First of all, the wise men are those individuals that follow the signs. Now, there is a great deal of advertising in America today, as you know. There are signs everywhere. There are signs on buildings. There are signs beside the highway as you go down the the interstate, uh, be a lot of signs that will tell you about this and that. There are signs that are pulled by helicopters and small planes, and, and the sign is unfurled behind them, and everybody at the big football game can read the sign. There are signs everywhere, everywhere. But I'm not uh, talking about those kind of signs. I'm talking about... Uh, Something beyond that. Not the usual, not the trivial. I'm talking about something else. I'm talking about special signs that God has given to us. Like the rainbow. The rainbow is so wonderful. When you see it, you know that man didn't make that. I I do not know um, what the sign might be for you. But for these men, a long, long time ago, the sign was a star. 
And they followed the star. It was a special star that God had made. God gave that uh, star and he gave that baby. I heard a great story about the meaning of gifts at Christmas. In Africa, the missionary teacher was up talking, explaining the American custom of giving gifts at Christmas. And she said that if you got a gift from somebody, that was a sign that they really loved you. That was the sign. She said that uh, the gift was also an expression of Christian joy over Christ's birth. On Christmas Day, one of the African boys in her group walked up and gave the missionary teacher a beautiful, huge, huge, large seashell. As the teacher examined the shape and the beautiful color and the markings that were on the lovely shell, she asked the boy, where did you get this beautiful shell? The boy said, well, there's only one spot where beautiful shells like that one come from in this whole part of the world. He told her the place, and she recognized the name of the bay that he mentioned. And she knew that that bay was miles and miles away. She said, well, this shell is exquisite. It is beautiful, almost beyond belief. It's huge and it's wonderful. You certainly, however, should not have walked that far to give me this beautiful shell. With his eyes aglow, the boy responded, long walk, part of gift. The gift that God gave us, his son, was a long, long walk for our Heavenly Father. But a sure sign of his love for you and for me. Secondly, another characteristic of a wise man is that sometimes they don't pay any attention to what somebody is saying because they know what is right. And they go ahead and do it. People said to Noah, Noah, what are you building? What is that? Noah said, it's an ark. They said, what's an ark? And he explained it all to them. He told them there was going to be a big storm, a lot of rain. They needed to repent, trust in the Lord. They laughed. They made fun of him. They said, you are a screwball. You are nutty as you can possibly be. Building a great big ark out here on the side of the mountain, that is ridiculous. And then when he started bringing in animals, they all said, boy, you have gone over the ledge. You are wacko for sure, for sure. And they laughed and they carried on. Noah kept building. And then it started raining. Citizens told Gideon, you're going to need more than the number of soldiers that you have if you're going to overcome the enemy. They have thousands and thousands of soldiers, and you've got to have a big army to defeat them. We don't care what God told you. It doesn't make any sense for you to go into battle with this few men. You're going to be murdered in five minutes. 
Every one of you is going to get killed. You don't have a prayer. Well, Gideon said, uh, I'm doing what the Lord told me. And they laughed and they jeered him. He went from 22,000 men to 300 men. Don't you suppose that the 300 began to think, we're going to get killed? (laughs) You know, there's thousands and thousands of the enemy, and there's 300 of us. We're going to get killed. And Gideon said to them, you're not going to get killed. God is with us. God is leading us. I've heard from the Lord. We're going to win the battle. The battle is in the Lord's hand. They said uh, to each other, he's crazy. Well, guess what? They went to war, and Gideon and his men won a decisive victory. The friends of the wise men in our text today, they said, uh, now tell me again what you're doing. You say you're going a long way, but you don't know where you're going. That doesn't make any sense. How can you go anywhere if you don't know where you're going? That doesn't make any sense at all. And the wise men said, we're going under the direction of God. And they said, well, did God give you a map? You know, this is crazy. You're going to lose all your business. When you get back, as far as you're thinking about going, there's not going to be anything here uh, to do with your business. You're going to lose everything. You're crazy. Well, the wise men left. They took directions from God, and they followed the, gl- the path that God had marked out. We see that these men were wise, for they were following God's direction in each instance. The wise men realized that Christmas was all about a baby, all about a Messiah, all about the Savior. And they wanted to be a part of that. On the radio a few years ago, I was driving over to one of the hospitals in Tampa, and I had the radio on, as I always do in the car, and and the announcer, or whatever you call him on the phone, said, uh, I want you to call in and tell me uh, what you think Christmas is all about. And people started calling in. I guess I heard 25 or 30 people call in, and most of them said it's about family. Some of them said, uh, the younger ones particularly, it's about gifts. It's about presents. It's about the the wrapping uh, of things. Uh, It's about trips. Uh, A few of them said it's about eggnog. (laughs) Some of them said it's about rum. They said it slowly. It's about rum. One person, one person out of the 25 or 30 said, it's about Christ's birth. You know, I wonder how many wise men we have today. Now, don't raise your hand. Wonder how many wise men we have today. Thirdly, wise men also realize that there are great needs in our world that we need to help meet with millions of people in the Tampa Bay area. You know, if you bring in Clearwater and all the places along the shore and 
eastward uh, toward Lakeland. If you bring in all those people that are in the Tampa Bay area, there's over 2 million people. A lot of people, a lot of social needs that need to be met. Who's going to meet them? You say, well, the government, that's the government's job. Well, the wise men felt like those kind of things were their job. And they worked at it. And we ought to work at it. Because that sign has been revealed to us that we have a responsibility to help uh, those that are downhearted, those that are hurt, those that are not doing well. People need to know that they're not just a social security number. Academic instruction must be for everyone, not only in this area, but all across our land. Everyone needs to learn English. And we need to train people so that they can know English, so they can get along in this country, so that they can do well. Because without that, they're not going to do well. People need to learn the positive things about capitalism, the economic engine that built this country. We need to know that. The kids are not being taught that in school today. You know why? Because socialism has kind of wiggled its way into uh, some of our academic uh, books. And that is being promoted, and that is terrible. If you want to be like Venezuela, just keep telling that story. You know, down in Venezuela, they're all looking in each other's garbage for something to eat. A totally socialistic uh, country. I talked about Greece last year. It's Venezuela this year. I don't know who it'll be next year, but it won't be us. It won't be us because we're doing it right. We need to let the children know, those that are coming up through the schools, that the founding fathers of this country, almost all, were Christians. They're taking that out of the books. They they don't want the Christian stuff in the books. They take that out. People need to learn not to go into great debt. You know, there have been so many families, so many children, Maybe your children, maybe your grandchildren that really kind of got off course and got way, way, way into debt. And it really, to a degree, uh, ruined their lives. There needs to be food and shelter for everyone. Uh, Metropolitan Ministry does a great thing every year. They feed a lot of people. They give out a lot of presents at, at Christmas. I think that's a great organization. You know, there's a lot of us that try and do things. We sent the boxes uh, off uh, to missionary places all over the world, and we had a part, at least, in that. We need to help people that are down. We need to help people that are beside the road. The wise men are doing that. Those that care, those that love, those that have been lifted up by the grace of God, they need to do that. People need to know that working is honorable. And that to be on welfare when you are healthy and strong ought to be a disgrace. And you ought to know that. I'm not talking about Social Security. I'm talking about welfare for those that are uh, perfectly fine, but uh, they're collecting all their living uh, from the government. 
People in America need to know that spiritual training is important and that that is true about this Christian nation. Our laws are based on the Ten Commandments. Now, if people don't like that, they are free to go and live in another country. You know, they don't have to stay here. They can go to another country. Did you know that Christianity is expanding faster today than ever before in history? And you say, well, that isn't what I'm reading in the paper. Well, in America, tragically, it's not expanding. But all over the world, it is. China, in 1980, they had one million Christians. Today, there are over 50 million Christians in China. There is nothing in the book of Acts that describes church growth like that. Christian scholars report that on the African continent, they will soon have more Christians there than any other place in the world. Eighty percent of all Christians today live outside of the United States. Our missionaries that our church supports are affecting that number, that percentage. We're going out through these folks and teaching and training and helping and ministering to those all over the world. I'm sure you've seen our missionaries that are in the bulletin every once in a while. Our folks are helping right on the cutting edge. These growth numbers are wonderful, but there's another number that's terrible. The number of folks that are being persecuted for their faith. In Sudan, Vietnam, North Korea, Syria, Afghanistan, a lot of those countries over in that part of the world are murdering Christians by the thousands every year. In the modern age, when the church grows, human rights grow. And these authoritarian states don't like that. They don't want human rights to grow. And so they kill the Christians. They don't want that message going out. Wise men have to deal with these kinds of issues and these kinds of needs. And thank the Lord, our church has an opportunity to do that in a number of different ways. At the manger, wise men realized that the needs of their hearts were being met. Not physical or material, not some of the things that we desire so much that are worth so little, but the most important need of our life was met. The Messiah came. A rich woman, the day before Christmas, was getting out of her limousine downtown. She saw a boy in ragged clothes, didn't have any shoes on, and it was cold. And he was standing at the window of a department store. He had his nose against the glass, and there was a little circle from the moisture of his breath. He was looking in at at some toys. The lady went inside, and she bought the whole set of toys that the boy was looking at. And she put them in a great big bag, and she brought them out and gave them to him. And he didn't know what to think. He didn't know what was in the bag. And then he started looking in the bag, and he saw that it was all the things that were in the window. And she said, Merry Christmas. And he looked up at her and he said, are you God's wife? 
And she said, no, but I'm one of his daughters. I'm in that family. Now, that's the spirit of Christmas. Finally, the wise man, the wise woman, is the one, obviously, that finds Jesus. You might have come here today from a very distant place, maybe Maine or California. You might, you might just have come from Waimama uh, or Ruskin. You know, you might have come from a mile across the street. Uh, wherever you've come from, uh, remember that it is the wise man that finds the Messiah, that knows the Messiah, that gives his heart and life to the Lord. The little boy's name was Wally. He was so proud to be in the Christmas school play. He had auditioned for it, and he got it. He was the innkeeper in the play, and he had one line that he was supposed to say. When the boy and girl that were playing Mary and Joseph came up to the door, he was supposed to open the door and say to them in the roughest possible voice that he had, there is no room in the inn. That was his line. He was supposed to say that just as mean as he possibly could. And then slam the door. That was what he was supposed to do. Well, they had practiced for months, and this was the only presentation that was going to be about the play, and so Wally was into it. I mean, he was really into it. And he was watching the earlier parts of the uh, play, and, and it was, you know, it was really touching his heart. And he thought, you know, this is something. And he, he got into it all the way. Well, the play was real to him. He did what he was supposed to do in the play. The people came up. He opened the door. He said to them, there's no room for you in the inn. But he didn't slam the door. He just held the door. And he watched the kids playing Mary and Joseph walk away with their heads down and, you know, sort of like they were crying. And Wally called out and said, wait a minute. Wait a minute, I think I can find some room for you all here in the back somewhere. Well, it ruined the whole play. It just totally ruined the whole play. The parents were touched. They talked about it for years. They said, that was the year, that was the year that the play came to life. That was the year. It was great. You should have been there. It was unbelievable. I hope today that it has come alive for you. This sweet little lady that came forward in the early service today, I said, are you a child of the Lord? Are you a Christian? She said, yes, I am. Well, there was no doubt in her voice about it. You know, I never know. I stand up here to preach, and we have visitors every week, and I never know what circumstances bring people to the church, but I always hope and pray that if there's someone here that has never made a public profession of their faith in Christ, that they would. That the message of the manger, the message of the sacrificial life, the sacrificial death, the death, the burial, the resurrection, 
I pray that that is real to you. If it's not, let today, during this Christmas season, be the day that you yielded your heart, your soul to Jesus Christ. If you're here, we'd love to have you come and and be a part of the family of God. We'd love to have you come and join with us. Remember, the, the wise man is the one that finds Jesus. And that means, I think, by extension, that you would find his church and join his family. We pray that you'd come today. If you're here and you've been visiting with us for a period of time, the door is certainly open to you. I'm going to come down to the front. Jim's going to lead in a song. If the Lord speaks to your heart, just slip out, slip forward. Take a stand for Christ today. Let's stand as we sing. Mm -hmm.